So, my name's Mark, I'm part of the leadership here at Jubilee, and you're really welcome this morning. And we're going to be speaking about Advent, speaking about that period of time looking towards the arrival of Jesus. And we'll be focusing ourselves largely in Luke chapter 2, verse 14. But I'm going to give us a bit of a run into that. So we're going to start in the book of Luke in chapter 2. And I'm going to, I'm going to be picking it up in verse 6. So Joseph and Mary have arrived in Bethlehem. While they were there, the time came for her child to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths and lay him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Just then, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news, good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the city of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. And this passage has a title, and and people say it's the announcement. The angel and the host of angels talking at night to shepherds on a hillside in the Middle East, proclaiming these words. And, And although it's short, although it's one line, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests, the whole of the gospel is present in this declaration, this announcement. And it is an announcement. And it's interesting that when an announcement of significance is made, the moment it is announced, things change. Everything changes. The frame of reference is shifted. I've spent, like many of us here, all my life in the UK, knowing the UK to have one queen, one head of state, one person in that role almost permanently. And and reasonably recently, I'm not a royalist, so I can't quite remember when, but reasonably recently there was the announcement, the Queen has died. I mean, there was the other announcement, the Queen is under medical supervision, which I don't know what that meant, but it probably just meant relatives had to get into the right place before the announcement could be made. But as soon as that announcement was made, things were different. As soon as that announcement were made, things that I had grown up with were no longer the case. You know, I'd always thought, you know, if you want to serve your country and and fight for your country, you joined Her Majesty's Armed Services. 
If you perhaps don't give to the country, but maybe take from the country, you might have done time at Her Majesty's pleasure. But, but actually, as soon as that announcement was made, that was no longer the case. That was no longer the case. We were in a new era. No longer was it Her Majesty's services, but it was His Majesty's services because a new era had begun. It, it, it's odd when it comes to like the queen and currency and the king and currency because you know, so many of us barely ever hold cash or use cash and increasingly don't even use plastic, just use your phone everywhere. But, but I'm well aware that there's a lot of cash in circulation that still has the queen on it. And it's like this, that yes, when there is an announcement, there is an immediate change. But just like, just like our change in this country, there's still a lot of old coinage around. There's still a lot of old coinage in circulation. And the angel says, it's a new era. Jesus has come, and the kingdom of God is here and now. But as we look around, even more or less 2,000 years later, as we look around, we see not all people have embraced and live in the good of that. We see the coming kingdom, but we also see that the announcement of the coming kingdom, there's still an old kingdom at play. There's still a previous era. And not just on a global stage, but we also see it in our own lives. Those of us who have accepted Jesus who are part of the new, there's still a bit of old coinage. There's still a bit of relic. So the new has come. And the new is replacing the old. And the announcement is this. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven. The angel surrounded by a host of angels on a hillside in the Middle East with sheep and with shepherds makes the declaration, glory to God in the highest. I actually can't picture it. I, I can't see in my head. I haven't got that type of imagination. I know it's not this. I know it's not the old joke. And I know it's not the twee carol. But quite what it is, I don't know. You know the old joke. You know the old joke. While shepherds washed their socks by night, all tuned into BBC, the angel of the Lord came down and turned to ITV. I'll pause for you to groan or half laugh or reminisce or look for something to throw at me. But it's not that. It's not trivial. It's not trivial. But it's also not the Christmas carol. It's not the Saturday special with the choir of humans all dressed up in robes, whether they be very traditional in a church building or whether they be very contemporary. It's, it's not human choirs. It's something different. It's an angelic host present on earth. And like I said, I can't, I can't visualize it. 
I'm not sure if I've seen an angel or not. I, I think I have, but I'm not sure. But I know I haven't seen a multitude of angels. But I do know this, that after they spoke, the shepherds moved. That it had impact, and it had immediate impact. And there's something here which is almost a delicious irony. That the, the announcement is, glory to God in the highest. And the announcement is given in the run-up to Christmas. And right now, it's almost as if the festive season is, is the season where we're perhaps most likely, most tempted to glorify other things. Glorify things that are not. And, and it's the time of year where many of our, our friends who are not Christians love singing carols along these lines, but at the same time are glorifying things that are not God. But here the line is glory to God in the highest. I've not seen uh, any Christmas adverts on TV. We've basically become a streaming family. We don't really do broadcast TV. So I've not seen, I've not seen the John Lewis advert this year. I've not seen the Marks and Spencers advert. Not seen the Tesco's. Not even seen the Aldi or the Lidl adverts. But I just have this feeling that they paint a lovely picture of all sorts of wonderful things about the season, all sorts of things about products, families, occasions, sensations, all sorts of things that you might want to give your attention and your glory to. I didn't see the adverts, but I do get a lot of emails, and I did get a lot of Black Friday emails, and I did not know that I wanted a new hub wetsuit until a picture of one arrived on the screen in front of me. And a passion was ignited. I mean, <laughs> even now I still know I don't need one, I just want one. But I didn't even want one before it... And there was a hefty discount, I've got to say, it was a good Black Friday deal. And in that Christmas season, and actually, not the Christmas season, but all the time. There's stuff. There's phones. There's cars. But there's experiences. There's holidays. There's family. There's our own children. There's sensations. And, and it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. A beautiful morning, crisp snow. And you can look at it and go, this is the thing that I want to worship. And, and it's not that any of these things are bad. Most of these things are better than neutral. They are good things. They are great things. I've got a, I've got, I've got a watch, which is amazing. It's a, it's a Garmin. I, I suspect Ellen and Adrian have also got Garmins. I, I suspect their Garmins are better than mine. But... You can tell your heart rate, you can tell your sleeping hours, you can connect with movement. If you've got a higher spec model, you can see your global positioning, glorious technicolor at any moment in time. And that's a thing. And then those of us who are parents have our own children. Those of us who go in the countryside see a beautiful sunset. So it's not about appreciating that which is good 
It's about God being over all. It's about God being glorified, number one. God in the highest of heavens. Glory to God in the highest. And, and, and the angel's words are a statement. But right now, this morning, they're also a challenge. It's a statement. Glory to God in the highest. But it's also a challenge. Because if we go back in our lives, we probably, none of us here need to go back more than a week before we find something in our own lives where we've ascribed a level of glory to something that is beginning to edge into glory to God in the highest. We are ascribing more glory to something that is created than we do to the Creator. There are elements in our lives where we become glory confused. And the angel's declaration is this, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. So as we hear the words of the angel today, let's, let's do a reset, let's recalibrate. And as we say and we sing glory to God, glory to God in the highest, let's align ourselves with that. You know, there's something, all, all the songs we sing are, are special in one way or another and they do something within us. But there's something special about songs that focus almost entirely on the glory of God. There's a, you know, there's a great song by Hezekiah Walker. You know, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. Glory, hallelujah is to our God. There's another one. It's got a good beat to it. It kind of goes... Dun, 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 dun. Then, and it, the song is just glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever. I, I, I won't sing it to you because you, you actually, you won't recognize the song if you hear me singing it. But, but it's almost this. When there's elements of our lives where we have an element of glory confusion, where we feel we're giving undue Glory to something that is created and not the creator. It's almost that when we sing those songs and when we say those words, it helps us. It helps us better understand and to embrace the spiritual reality. As we sing glory to God, glory to God, glory to God forever, we better understand that he is number one that all glory is to him. And we give a right level of appreciation to that which is created. I uh, somehow managed to throw away my third sheet of notes. Um, so fortunately, with the benefits of Office 365, we, uh, we can move on. Folks, let's give our glory to God. Let's, let's enjoy wonderful things. Let's enjoy this time of year. But let's not let anything which is created tip into the category of becoming an idol. Let's reserve our worship and our glorification for our Lord. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. In the garden, Adam and Eve chose a path 
that took them out of fellowship with God and it did not bring peace. You know, in Genesis 3.10, following Adam and Eve's fall, following them eating the fruit that they were forbidden to eat, God enters the garden and he calls for Adam and says, Adam, Adam, where are you? He knows exactly where Adam is. He knows he's hiding behind that little bush. That's not the point. The point is not, where are you? I can't see you. The omniscient, all-knowing God knows exactly where he's hiding. The statement is more profound than that. It's, Adam, where are you? Where are you? And Adam says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. There's a separation and a lack of peace. And basically, it's as simple as this. The world hasn't got the answers. It's as simple as this. The world hasn't got the answers. You know, I was thinking this morning, I was thinking, I'm not in the best of places. I'm not sure I'm able to stand and speak and share and, and bring through, through my preaching people closer to God. And then I realized, oh no, of course, of course I'm not. Of course I'm not good enough. Of course I'm not in a right enough place. And I never will be. Outside of God, the world hasn't got any answers. I could like, like, like work on myself and, and like try and be the best person I could be. But I can never stand in front of anyone other than in the grace of God. Because there's nothing within me and there's no answer in the world that can bring me into that fellowship with God. There's nothing that can bridge the separation that began with Adam and Eve. There's all sorts of great stuff out there. There's all sorts of things that are good for our health and our well-being. But they're just not enough. They're just not enough. And you know, if it was okay to live in broken relationship with God, then Jesus wouldn't have come. But the declaration here is, on earth, peace on those whom his favor rests. And his favor rests on Jesus. His favor rests on Jesus. And through Jesus, his favor rests on me. Through Jesus, his favor rests on you. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Adam's sin separated. But Jesus reconciles. Jesus brings back to a right relation. And the angel's declaration is, within that relationship, within that, is peace. Now this morning, that's the word of God to you. Peace. It says in Philippians 4, 7, talking about the nature of this peace. It says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
So I think if the band could come back up, we're going to pause more than finish. Because there are three things, an announcement, glory, and peace. And when I talked about the announcement, I said, you know, there's a change immediately, but there's some old coinage in circulation still. When we talked about glory, all glory is due God. Glory in the highest. But there's elements of glory confusion. And even in peace, there's a promise of God. Peace to those on whom his favor rests, which is anyone, anyone who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And you have peace. Fundamentally, you have peace. You might not feel it, but fundamentally, you have it. In your spirit, you are wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. There's a peace of God that can never be taken away from you. But in the same way, that there's some old coinage in circulation. I think this morning, even though fundamentally you have peace, there can be areas of your life where you're not experiencing and walking in that peace. And that passage in Philippians says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this morning, let's just pause. Let's just pause and see where God's going to take us. Because you got it. You might be in total turmoil, but fundamentally, deep, deep within, you got it. Your spirit is at peace with God. But there's a promise today. For you to have more than the deep, deep within. There's a promise today for a peace which transcends all understanding that will guard your heart and your mind. And there are some minds in this room where you're not walking in that right now now we prayed this morning before the meeting began that the roof would be taken off the barrier between you and you receiving what God has got from you God has got for you
So as we open ourselves to God and we move from listening into engaging and worship, the Holy Spirit is going to minister to us.